Welcome to Podland. Podland is sponsored by Buzzsprout, the easiest way to host, promote and track your podcast there at buzzsprout.com. It's Thursday, January the 14th, 2021. I'm James Cridland, the editor of Pod News here in Australia. And hello, I'm Sam Sethi, the editor of Sound Talks Technology here in the UK. And I'm Kevin Finn from Buzzsprout, and later I'll be talking about dynamic content. I'm Pascal Hughes, and I'll be on later talking about our new podcast advertising platform, Adelicious. And I'm Paula Rogo. And I'm John Manel. And later, we'll be talking about the BBC World Service International Podcast Competition. They will. Podland is a weekly podcast where Sam and I delve deeper into the week's podcasting news, which I cover daily at podnews.net. Please get involved. You can send us a voice message to questions at podland.news or you can tweet us podland news. We'd love to hear from you. So this week we're going to be talking about dynamic content, funding round and breaker. Is it saved? First, we want to look back onto a story we had in last week's podland. We had an interview with Rob Greenley about the Podcast Academy and some of the announcements that were made. James, what, what's been happening since? Well, uh, yes, lots of change at the Podcast Academy. First, they announced three new members of the board, Kintan Brambat, who is the boss of Amazon Podcasts. And you always know when somebody's big when they are allowed to talk to the press, as Kintan is. So great to see him on the board of the Podcast Academy. Also, Amy S. Choi, uh, who does a podcast and does lots of other things around the mashup Americans. She's a uh, a Korean-American. And DeRay McKesson, who is a civil rights activist and a host of Pod Save the People. Um, They've also announced the new executive committee. You remember that Rob said last week the committee gets re-elected every year. Well, they've elected Donald Albright from Tenderfoot TV as the chairperson for 2021. Uh, Spoke Media's Alia Tavakolian is secretary. Anya Grundman from NPR is treasurer. She spoke at uh, Next Radio once, and she's very nice. And Christy Mirabel from Sony Music Entertainment becomes vice chairperson. Uh, And if it wasn't clear, Rob is still obviously part of the board, just not the chairperson anymore. Some big hitter names on there, at least. Now, have they announced when the Ambies are... Yeah, so the Ambies have been announced for Saturday, March the 28th. That's the big uh, podcast award ceremony that they're doing. They start at eight o'clock New York time at eight in the evening. That's one in the morning for you. Um, but it's 10 in the morning for me. I win and they'll be free for anybody to watch as well. Yeah, I, I'm not staying up for them. I'm, I'm not winning anything, so it's okay. You might, I won't. <laughs> I would doubt that very seriously. Now, first up, James, first story of the week. Clubhouse, have you played with it yet? I have played with Clubhouse. It's really good. All of the events that I want to take part in are at three o'clock in the morning for me, (laughs) talking about time zones. So, uh, yeah, have you played with it? Well, I used Clubhouse, first of all. I went on to one of the rooms and there was a great talk. Somebody in Australia, actually, James. So she was running a session. But all she kept doing was saying, and I'll be tweeting about this on my Twitter account. And I put my hand up and I went into the room and I said, well, hang on a minute. I reckon Twitter spaces when it comes out will actually be a better option because you're then in one platform. Uh, I think the room had a, uh, an absolute collapse when I said that I didn't think Clubhouse is a long-term viable option. But given that, I did want to try something. And this week, a friend of mine, Wayne, who runs Podfest Asia, we decided that it might be a good way for us to see if we can record a Clubhouse uh, room. So we actually did it this week and we've called it Clubcasting. Um, and I thought that was quite a nice little name. 
But hey, have a listen to what me and Wayne did. Hey, I'm joined here by Wayne, the founder of Podfest Asia. We're here in Clubhouse. We are trying an experiment, which is we're using our Rode Podcaster mixers to try and record this conversation. Why are we doing this, Wayne? I think this is not just to execute a proof of concept. It's basically just to try things out, to experiment. And if you never try something new, you would never guess or even know exactly 100% that you will work out. So why we're doing this? I think it's because a day ago we had a short conversation on Clubhouse instead of other apps like Zoom or even like other live virtual streaming platforms like StreamYard. We chose Clubhouse because we are already on it. And I think so far we had great experiences and stories to share about our Clubhouse experience. So we thought, why not? Let's do a podcast room together. Yes. The goal of what I want to achieve here today, though, is to to work out whether it's possible to record a Clubhouse conversation. Because if it is, then what you've got is the ability for podcasters to create live podcasting with an audience. And that, I think, is the key part of what we're trying to achieve because by doing that what you can do is do what you would normally do as you said Wayne you could use StreamYard or Zoom and just have a conversation but now you can invite an audience to that conversation they can then join in if they want to ask a question and there's nothing because we can record it that stops us then taking that recording putting it onto our Buzzsprout or wherever we want to put it and, and pushing it out as a normal podcast but I think Club casting, should we call it that, may be the way forward because I think that's what's missing in podcasting is that live interactivity of an audience. Exactly, 100%. And I think the two terms that you just come up... Club casting or pod housing. Yeah, the first one is better. We're going with club casting. I love it. I was on, on a call in Clubhouse and they are talking about bringing back recording to Clubhouse officially as a feature. So I experimented the other day with just using my iPhone. I set the iPhone recorder in the background, the screen recorder, and then I went into Clubhouse and they instantly detected that I was recording a conversation. They said that it's against the terms of service to record when the listener and also the speaker doesn't know you're recording. But if you actually tell them that you're recording, they were pretty lax about it because they said originally that's what Clubhouse was there to do. It was going to be a podcast recording type app, but they've decided to put the recording part away, build an audience, and then bring that in and maybe a pro feature or bring that in as a new feature going forward. I think if they allow this in a very open way, if they actually promote it as a feature, podcasters will be flocking into Clubhouse for the very reason that it's so easy to set things up. It's like, uh, all you need is an iPhone, yeah? And all you need, if you, don't, if you don't have an audience for the amateurs and the beginners, it's even easier to start. So I think it's a yeah. godsend. Which is why we're trying it. So a recording from Clubhouse. If Clubhouse are listening, then uh, my colleague's name here is Donald Trump. That's spelled T-R-U-M-P. How did you, uh, how did you record that then, Donald? <laughs> Thank you. It's not fake news. The way we did it was we got our Rode Podcaster mic mixers and we, Wayne hardwired his to his iPad 
and he used a pod mic. Now, that enabled him to be able to record it locally to the podcaster mixer, and he could capture both sides of the conversation. You'll hear in that recording that Wayne's voice is very clear. Mine wasn't, and mine wasn't because I was using a Bluetooth connection to my Rode podcaster mic, and sadly, it was a not crystal clear. My pod mic didn't work, therefore, and it was just going through my AirPods. But the point was we could actually do it. So I do think there is something in this that I think podcasters will find it quite attractive. Not all podcasters need to be live and have an audience, but some people like that concept. And the idea of having an audience who can come to a point and listen to the live recording, I think this is going to be a game changer. Maybe if Clubhouse let it happen. Now, Clubhouse have said that they did have a feature for recording in an early version of Clubhouse, but they've taken it out. And talking to them uh, in a Clubhouse room, actually, they said they will be bringing that back soon. So watch this space. Okay, well, that, that, that should be interesting. Maybe they might both add recording and also add an RSS feed. And then you've basically got automatic built-in podcasting in there as well. Let's see whether Clubcasting takes off or Twitter Spaces. Do you know quickly when twitter spaces might be available to the rest of us no idea clubhouse you've got a window of opportunity i wonder if you're going to take it yeah you've got a window of opportunity if you have a toy phone if you have a real android phone of course then uh, no clubhouse for you you're not in the club uh, <laughs> uh, something that works on both though uh, is Buzzsprout, they launched something, didn't they? Yes, Buzzsprout have launched dynamic content, which they say is a free way for everyone who uses Buzzsprout to add content either side of your podcast. Yeah, I asked one of the co-founders of Buzzsprout, Kevin Finn, what dynamic content was. I think the simplest way to talk about dynamic content is it's the ability for you to add audio content at the beginning or end of any podcast episode in your entire catalog very quickly and easily. So the use cases that we give for it is there's the obvious one that comes to mind right away is sponsorships or affiliate marketing opportunities, things like that. But we've built the tool so that you can use it for things well beyond that, like the ability to just give timely messages to your audience, regardless of where they jump in to your podcast. So we have lots of podcasters who've been podcasting for years and have hundreds of episodes, but they might just be doing a, you know, a virtual event next week and they want to let everybody know who listens to their podcast, whether you start with episode one or you start with episode 246, that they're doing this virtual event next week and they want to invite you to attend. And so now with these tools, it allows you to record a short message and very easily drop it into your entire catalog. And then once that event has happened, click another button and we seamlessly take it out of all your episodes that's very cool so as soon as your sponsor stops paying uh, and moves on then you can just get rid of the sponsor credit from all of the shows that you've uh, done yes it's, it's very interesting in the sponsorship world because it, it allows you to not only sell sponsorships based on the volume of downloads that your current episodes are doing but you can also look at the volume for your entire podcast so maybe 80 or 90 percent of your downloads every month come from the episodes that you're releasing that month, but you've got another 10 or 20% of downloads that come from your back catalog. So now you can include those in the sponsorship as well and you know potentially get a higher fee. Now you're deliberately calling this dynamic content insertion, not dynamic advertising insertion. What's the thinking there? We choose something different because we're doing something different. We're not doing targeting. We're not doing tracking. We're not doing audience profiling or any of that stuff. 
all we're doing is we're bringing a very powerful and useful tool and we're trying our best to make it available to what we would call the everyday podcaster. And it's like 98% of the podcasting world. You know, there are top tier podcasts that have very different needs and get millions and millions of downloads every month. That's not the audience that we built this tool for. The audience that we built this tool for could be anybody who's just starting a podcast. If somebody's been podcasting for a long time, I mean, you could be a professional podcaster and use these tools, but we thought there's a lot of value in providing a dynamic content tool that allows you to insert content in your entire back catalog and make it very easy for you to apply that same dynamic content to new episodes that you upload without having to be on a pro level plan or have to, you know, have a master's degree in audio engineering tools or fiddle with all these different settings. So we wanted to make it very simple to use, very easy for anybody to jump in and apply dynamic content to their entire back catalog, regardless of whether this is something that they do as a hobby for one or two hours a week, or it's something that they do spend, you know, 30 or 40 hours full-time doing, it could be a useful tool for them. And you mentioned uh, that you don't need to have a an expensive account uh, for it. What's the cost of using it? Well, it's included with all of our plans. We do give everyone 90 days to figure out if podcasting is right for them without having to pay us a dime. And then if they do decide that podcasting is fun, they want to continue with it. Then you would upgrade to one of our pay plans, which start at $12 and go up from there, depending on your needs. Um, all our plans are limited based on how much content you want to upload every month. So the $12 plan gives you three hours and we have an $18 plan that gives you six hours and up from there. So it's very affordable. And these dynamic content tools are included with all of those plans at no additional charge. So keep your podcast short is my, uh, is my, <laughs> <laughs> my thing. Do you have any examples of how Buzzsprout podcasters are using it already? A couple of examples come to mind. One, they're planning on using this because they're going to rebrand their podcast. They're going to change the title of their podcast. And they were trying to figure out how they should let their audience know. And so we suggested these dynamic content tools are perfect for that because they had hundreds of episodes and now they want to change the name and they didn't want everyone to open up their podcast app one day. And all of a sudden the podcast that they know and love isn't up there alphabetically listed anymore. It's now moved to a different place in their list. So use the dynamic content tools to go ahead and put a short message at the beginning of all your episodes very easily and quickly and let everyone know that, Hey, you know, two weeks from now, we're actually going to change the name of this podcast. So when you open up your app, we're not, you know, here alphabetically anymore. Now we're here. That was a use case that was just out of nowhere. They were like, oh, that's a fantastic use. We didn't see that coming. We also have a lot of people who do affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing is a great way for podcasters who are just starting out to take more of the risk on their side instead of trying to sign up a sponsor who the sponsor is taking the risk with you if you have a new show. And so affiliate marketing is a fantastic way for you to test different products and figure out what is resonating or aligning with your audience. So, you know, whether it be a Casper mattress or a, you know, a piece of tech equipment, you can go ahead and try that out and you can try it in your entire back catalog of episodes and see um, very easily, oh, look, I sold a bunch of, you know, mattresses, but I didn't sell any tech gear. So maybe I should look for more affiliates in the mattress category. So what what else can we expect from Buzzsprout in 2021? It's a new year. It's uh, going to be a, hopefully a changed year. Uh, what have you got in the works? Oh, we are just going to do our best to continue to provide professional level podcasting tools and make them available to non-professional podcasters everywhere and professionals alike. But we feel like the underserved audience, especially when it comes to advanced podcasting tools, are uh, all these people who are jumping into the podcast ecosystem and and loving the space and seeing all the great opportunities it has, but saying, you know, but I don't want to spend $100 or I don't want to spend $200 a month to get access to these advanced tools. Well, that is one of the challenges that we've taken on at Buzzsprout is how can we provide the best technology 
at a very affordable and approach, approachable price point. And it's not just price. It's also making the interface super easy to use. Like you shouldn't have to have hours of training or, you know, get on the phone and walk through support, uh, all the support process and everything that goes along with, you know, steep learning curve software. And so that's where we're investing heavily is the best technology that we can provide people and making it as simple and as affordable as possible. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, James. I think adding that to all episodes of your podcast, in fact, with my own other podcast, I'm going to try that. I think it's actually a great way of trying to monetize it. Yeah, I think it's a good plan. Right. What else has been going on? A venture capitalist, Loop Ventures, floats the idea that Apple should launch Podcast Plus, a set of exclusive podcasts available to anyone with an Apple One or Apple Music subscription. So, James, what's the story behind that? I saw this. So this is a venture capitalist company or a venture capital company who's busy giving Apple some hints for the future because, you know, Apple obviously needs it. Um, And uh, one of their ideas was that Apple should do some premium podcasts because somehow it'll help them fend off uh, Spotify. Not so sure about that. But one thing that I did notice from this is essentially that there's no reason why Apple shouldn't be charging for shows if podcasters want to charge for them. You know, at the moment, we have a reliance on ad revenue. Apple should allow podcasters to set a price for their own shows if they want to, if that's something that podcasters want to end up doing. I can't understand because both Apple and Amazon have a micropayment system built in. Um, Apple, obviously, when you buy apps, can even do the 74, 75p or £1 purchase of small apps. So they know how to do it both ways, both taking money from listeners and also distributing money back to podcasters because they do it with app developers. So I'm hoping that they would do this. The one thing I would say, though, is if Apple did turn this on, Um, And you did set a price. I mean, not everyone's going to be able to set a price and get an audience because not everyone's podcast has that size of audience. But there are lots of people who do. Podcast Index uh, have an extension tag called Lock. I would really want to use that and hope Apple would support it because there would be no use Apple having done this where they've enabled payment for podcasting if you could then get it free on Spotify or any other podcast host who links to the apple directory yeah i think whenever you start talking about money as anchor has found then people will be you know some people will try and take advantage and to be fair spreaker has also found that in the past as well there are only really three companies that have the capability of paying out tiny amounts of money or relatively small amounts of money to people. Uh, Amazon, Apple and Google, who all have, you know, uh, app stores and things like that. There's certainly something there which is actually going to be quite difficult for anybody else to actually do there. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. I wonder what Spotify would do if Apple turned that on. I guess Spotify can't really charge per individual show. So, yes, it would be uh, really interesting to see what Spotify would end up doing. Spotify's, you know, uh, reason of being there is that currently they are pulling people in um, with shows that you can listen to on a free Spotify 
account, would Spotify put some of the, the most successful shows that they have behind a paywall? Uh, you know, I don't know. But at the moment, the only paywall that they have is a monthly $9.99 service. So it would be interesting to see how they would fight back that. Yeah. wonder if they'd have to go on an acquisition trail again. One of my favourite companies uh, is called Descript. And I, I, they're a saviour for me because it's how I edit my podcasts. The Descript company this week raised $30 million in funding. So congratulations to Jay and to Andrew Mason. So Yeah, $30 million is not bad uh, in a funding round. So Descript recently have done, have added uh, video editing to their audio editing service, and it's just editing as if it was a Word document, which is very cool. And there's, there's actually been quite a few funding rounds announced recently. Backtracks announced $1.6 million. They are a analytics and advertising platform. And well done to uh, Cole at Podchaser for a $4 million funding round, which they've just announced as well, um, which should enable it to expand its work, both enriching podcast data, but also um, doing some interesting things in terms of putting advertisers in contact with good podcasters. Excellent. The BBC this week launched the BBC World Service International Podcast Competition. James, tell me more. So the BBC World Service is the international radio station for the BBC. Um, So not very many people tune into it in the UK, about a million actually. Um, But they do lots of things uh, across the world and they're particularly strong in Africa. And this is where the international podcast competition is for. I got Paula Rogo, one of the judges for the competition, and John Manell, who's the podcast commissioning editor for the BBC World Service. And I asked John about the competition? Well, it's something I've really wanted to do for a while now. I wanted the BBC World Service to have a scheme that gave new talent a unique and important opportunity in podcasting, and that's what this is all about. So I'm so pleased we've got this up and running. It's the BBC World Service International Podcast Competition. It's brand new. In this first year, you can enter if you're in Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa, and not already a professional in broadcast media or have a credit on a commercial podcast. So if you're in one of those three countries and you have an idea for a podcast in English, which will appeal to listeners in Africa and throughout the world, and in particular to women, then get ready to write down the details of how to enter because the prize is what I think is amazing. We will team the winner up with a BBC production unit. You will get to make your podcast with their help learning from them and with all the support of the BBC World Service, it will be launched as a BBC World Service podcast, hopefully sometime this year. That's fantastic. And why those three countries? Well, it's an exciting time for podcasting in Africa. The BBC World Service launched The Comb last year, our weekly podcast. We're about to launch Africa Daily, which is going out Monday to Friday. Those are the three countries where we tend to have our biggest podcast downloads in Africa. So one of the judges is Paula Rogo. What are you looking for as a judge for the BBC World Service International Podcast Competition? What I'm looking for as a judge is the BBC has set out a great list of criteria that they're looking for from podcasters who are entering the competition, including suitability to work as a podcast, resonance for international audiences, and resonance for women is just one of the criteria that the BBC has. 
this for good reason, because this will be a BBC production if you win. But for me also as a judge, I'm also looking for that uniqueness, that magic that one tends to feel when something is working with a podcast. So it's an opportunity to also be creative, try new things, try new ideas. I think that's what the BBC is also going for in putting together a competition like this. So go there with with your creativity and bring the magic into into your um, entry. You're no spring chicken to podcasting either in Kenya or in Africa as a whole. You're involved with a ton of different things in terms of podcasting, uh, aren't you? Yes, I am. I've really committed to seeing podcasting grow on the continent because I really think once it takes off, because it hasn't fully taken off just yet, but once it does, I think Africa will be one of the places that you can't miss when it comes to podcasting. We are a continent um, of oral storytelling. We tell stories to each other verbally and radio is king here. There's a reason the BBC World Service is is a huge component in, in, in Africa. And that's just because we love audio storytelling. And I think podcasts fit into that really, really well. So it's no surprise that it's taking off here in Africa. Yeah, I've done a few pieces of work for the BBC World Service in Ghana, and uh, I'm always amazed at how many people listen to the radio, how many people enjoy great audio, however it gets to them in uh, Africa. It's a fascinating thing. John, where do people go to enter uh, this uh, competition? Yes, this is the all-important information. The deadline is Friday the 22nd of January 2021 at 1300 GMT. It's easy to enter, you just need to write a few words. We asked for two minutes of audio as well, but all the details of that, the full terms and conditions, and all of that can be found on our website. There's even an email address if you have any questions. So, it's bbcworldservice.com slash podcast competition. That's bbcworldservice.com slash podcast competition and you need to be 18 or over not a professional in broadcast media or have a credit on a commercial podcast and you need to be in one of those three countries Kenya Nigeria and South Africa and I love that phrase that Paula just used about magic that's what we're looking for it's difficult to define I think we just want to be surprised the only thing we aren't looking for is a scripted comedy or a drama But apart from that, it could be anything. The lovely thing about being judges for this is that Paula and I have, and the others, have no idea what to expect. We have no idea what people are going to come up with. So you're starting with these three countries uh, for this year, um, but you've deliberately not called it the African International Podcast Competition or, um, or anything else. Are you looking at expanding this perhaps for next year? Yeah, I mean, I'm really pleased we're doing this for Kenya, Nigeria and South Africa for this year. It it made sense um, because it is a really exciting time throughout Africa and in those particular countries. And that is, as I say, where we tend to have our biggest downloads in Africa for our BBC World Service podcasts. And it's important to get the competition established and to ensure we can manage all the entries we expect to receive. So it made sense to focus on three countries for year one. But 
IPSA, I hope it's successful. I hope we can invite entries from other countries in future years. And Paula, just one last question for you. It's Africa Podcast Day on the 12th of February, which is very exciting. Um, there's the Africa Podfest uh, happening um, then as well, isn't there? Yes. So um, the Africa Podcast Day is this um, annual celebration of African podcasts. This will be the second year that is happening. And Africa Podfest will be putting together a virtual event. We Our first year was supposed to be in 2020, but COVID um, sadly had us um, canceling the event. So we're putting together something a little smaller um, that will be taking place on Africa Podcast Day as well. And you can go get details on that at africapodcastfestival.com. And it's really a chance to celebrate what's going on here on the continent. I think 2020 was a huge year for Africa, African podcasts. I think COVID had a big part to do with that. And we just get to come together, celebrate each other, acknowledge each other, and really put forth what could be a great year for podcasting on the continent. Paula and John, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, James. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Right. In other news, uh, Todd Cochran of Geek News Central today released his 1,500th episode. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing. 1,500 episodes. Todd, of course, CEO of Blueberry, which is a big podcasting host. And one of the things that he said uh, to me when I was reporting this is how important it is that actually, you know, he's the CEO of a big podcasting company. It's one of the big old guard podcasting companies. And he says that the only way to stay abreast of what's happening in the podcast world and actually really understand the struggles that podcasters have in terms of building a show, in terms of keeping advertisers happy, the only way to really stay abreast of that is to actually make shows, to actually podcast. And I just thought it was worthy of note that he's a CEO of a big podcast company who is podcasting. And there are surprisingly a lot of CEOs, managing directors of large podcast companies out there who don't podcast and who don't use their tools every single day. And maybe that's something that uh, they're missing a trick with. Also, Todd, uh, looping the story back to Rob Greenley, Todd and Rob do a podcast as well together, which I find it amazing that he has time to do 1,500 podcasts and also do other podcasts, which he's been doing for 10 years. Yeah, it's a two-hour podcast twice a week. Um, so heaven knows how they have the time to end up doing that. But um, the, the, one, the one thing I love about the new media show is, um, well, there are two things. Firstly, Todd is incredibly indiscreet and talks about things. He says, oh, I can't, can't possibly talk about this. And then, like, says something <laughs> that's completely uh, completely under NDAs and things like that. Um, he's, uh, he's very good at doing all, all of that sort of stuff. And the other thing is hearing the trains from Rob Greenley's house, uh, which you can also hear. So, but it's a great, um, it's a great show. You should, um, you should check the new media show out. It's well worth a listen. Great. Now we started off talking about Twitter Spaces, uh, and that was basically a aqua hire of the team from a Breaker, Leah Culver and her team. But it turns out we thought Breaker was then going to obviously be uh, subsumed into. Twitter or just closed down. Turns out it's not, James. Yeah, so Breaker, they they announced that Breaker was going to close um, tomorrow, actually. Um, but the app has been acquired instead by a different company called Maple Media. 
and I find Maple Media fascinating. They're a publisher based in Los Angeles in California, and they already own Player FM, uh, which used to be run by a nice man called Michael, who was an ex-Googler and a Kiwi. Um, they also own a podcast app called Podkicker, and now they're going to be owning Breaker as well. So it seems to be where the good podcast apps go so that somebody still is loving them and caring for them. So it's, it's sort of it's quite it's quite interesting seeing Maple Media um, getting hold of another one. As we record, there's a breaking news story about Pocket Casts, which apparently is going to be sold. So it's currently owned by a bunch of folk, including NPR and PRX and a little bit of the BBC. Uh, and apparently they've basically said, nah, it's got no future with us. Um, we'd like you to go away and sell it, please. So one wonders whether Maple Media has yet another podcast app that they may pull into their, um, their stable as well. Excellent. Well, good luck to Maple Media. Now, uh, one last story that we wanted to leave you with. In last week's pod news, there was a story by James uh, talking about a company called Adelicious.fm. So I thought I'd reach out to them. They're based in Bristol, and we thought we'd have a conversation about what is Adelicious FM and how can they help podcasters. The idea for Adelicious was that we'd have a flexible solution for professional podcasters. Where there's quite a few one-size-fits-all type solutions, we wanted to bring a kind of tailor-made solution for podcasters who have audiences around the world so we focus on communication we focus on our relationships with sales agencies around the world uh, and really the idea is just a tailor-made solution for professionals and how did you two guys meet hi dave so myself and pascal we're based in a, a lovely little city in the uk called bristol that's very creative and it was quite a serendipitous meeting we, we met over a cup of coffee we both run podcast companies production houses and we got talking and eventually the, the relationship progressed <laughs> to a stage where we were sharing an office and naturally in these situations you get talking and because our productions where our businesses were our means uh, to make money, naturally, a lot of the conversations went towards the best and most efficient way to make money. And in that way, Adelicious became a seed of an idea, right? We, we'd start talking about, could we do this ourselves? Obviously, there are companies out there that do it. They've helped grow the pie, so to speak. But we just wanted an agency to be much more of a flexible, more transparent option for us to make money in podcasting. But we don't always want a contract that ties all of our content into one platform. We don't always want something that provides programmatic, but not host reds. We don't always want a platform that we have to upload to their server and they have control of the global network and means to selling around the globes in different territories, especially in the US, where uh, a big percentage of our listeners occur. And so we started talking about this idea of white labeling, meeting the demands of professional podcasters that want different things that don't tie them down into long term contracts that give them the ability to use other agencies. We want to be a podcast first selling agency, which gives them the, the best opportunity possible to make money out of podcasting. Because in my experience, podcasting has got to this stage where the industry has matured and there needs to be the best possible chance for podcasters to make businesses out of their content. Unless you're a big production company or you're a big media house or you have a massive marketing budget, 
it's just really difficult to make money in podcasting. And if you have a contract that ties you into something that doesn't give you the best deal in terms of percentages for sales or doesn't allow you to leave the contract because another option's come up, then are we really giving producers the best chance? Probably not. So we saw this opportunity where we were creating something that's quite new to the space. We have different types of uh, relationships with different types of producers. And uh, we started on this journey probably at the end of last summer. And uh, the traction and the progress has been quite incredible because truth be told, when we're talking to other producers about this, they're as excited about it as we were thinking about it in the first place. Now, if I'm a podcaster, how do I get involved with you? What do I do? What's the process? Do I have a bar? Do I have to have, I have to have 10,000 listeners like Acast demand? what's the process? I think firstly, get in touch and we can, we will chat to, to anyone and everyone. Ultimately, we have different tiers, um, which enable us to work with different size companies and individuals based on the type of show they have. And we'll always just try and offer transparent feedback. Really, in terms of the bar, we one thing we do is um, international podcasts who have sales companies in their own country, but are not monetizing their UK or EU listens, we can offer to just look after that segment of their audience. But equally, people can join us in a more exclusive manner, which we kind of can look after all elements of their advertising, giving them host-read solutions as well as spot ads and programmatic. When it comes to numbers, we are really, at the moment, working with more premium, larger scale podcasts. But certainly with our verticals, if the show works well within one of our verticals we sell into, um, then we're more than happy to chat or help them find the best solution for them. Great. Now, look, how do advertisers get involved as well with you? So many of them just email directly, but also we are uh, plugged in with agencies across across Britain, but also we work very closely with a lot of American podcast agencies. And so it's a mixture of agencies working with us as well as brands contacting us directly. And we also plug into programmatic as well. So, and the, we in the last few months, we've made a couple of key hires. One is Craig Eastwood, who has come from Radio Works who has a very experienced background in audio digital sales. And also we've just hired Don Amici, who he basically was part of the core team at Audio Boom. And so in terms of podcasting and digital sales, he's got a lot of experience and contacts there. He also had a very senior role at Mixcloud recently. And we, I call them key hires because they have the connections already in the digital space. They have these relationships where they, they understand the medium they understand what works well for advertisers and they have those relationships. And also they're great at explaining that to advertisers and potential brands. Pascal and myself, we're producers. We understand the production side and obviously the connection that podcasters can have with an audience. It's another skill to then have that conversation with brands and understand how valuable podcasting is to brands. Because as well as anyone, Sam, this kind of intimate relationship that listeners have with the person on mic, and you need a special skill set to actually kind of uh, talk to brands and understand that there's a pipeline and there's planning and there's there's campaigns. And so th- those guys are key to managing that for Adelicious. David, Pascal, thank you so much and good luck with Adelicious. Now, 
Can you please tell us where we can find you on the web? Certainly. The best way probably is to go to our website, which is adelicious.fm. Adelicious, for those who might be unfamiliar with that word, is A-D-E-L-I-C-I-O-U-S.fm. Otherwise, you can reach out to me and Pascal on LinkedIn. We'll be more happy to say hi. Good luck with the launch and good luck. We'll catch up with you later in the year. Take care. Thanks, Sam. I pronounced them A-delicious when I was doing the Pod News podcast last week. So um, there you go. That just goes to show never listen to me. Um, So, Sam, what's coming up in Podland for you this month? So I've had an interview with a a guy called Adrian Fitzpatrick, who was the founder and CEO of Reincubate. They have a new software app called Camo, and Camo turns your iPhone into a high-definition video camera for use on Zoom, StreamYard, or any other video software. Uh, It's great. It's about £40. I've been using it. It actually does turn your camera into something that makes you look half decent as opposed to the 720p camera on your very high-end very expensive mac Mm. and the other interview i had was with a guy called dr matt borum and this is a fun app he's got a company called audible reality and what you can do is take your spotify tracks and you can remix them uh they're called vibes and then you can share your vibe with friends so you can take famous little tracks and you can remix them. Now, if you want to hear any of that, you can catch them on Sam Talks Technology. Very nice. And I spoke with Ron Baitlong from Podmetrics, which is a new company in the Philippines. They're working on new ideas for ways podcasts can earn revenue in Southeast Asia. Um, and I'm hoping to get him to speak at Radio Days Asia, which is taking a bit of my time at the moment. It's a big radio and podcast conference. Some great speakers there. They've got some cheap tickets available still. RadioDaysAsia.com is where to go for that and that's it for this week if you've enjoyed your trip to podland don't make it your last you can subscribe on all the major podcast players or visit our website at podland.news and if you enjoyed this episode thank you please tell your friends by sharing us on your socials we'd love to have your comments about any of the stories on this week's show send a voice comment to questions at podland.news or send a tweet to at podland news and if you want daily news you should get pod news it's free at podnews.net or you can ask your smart speaker to play the news from pod news podcasting news and pod news is where you'll find the links for all the stories we've mentioned this week as well music is from ignite jingles we use clean feed pro for most of the audio you heard today and i edited podland on hindenburg journalist pro because i'm very old-fashioned sam edited his interview on descript and you zoom and we're hosted and sponsored by buzzsprout we'll see you in podland next week keep listening